Imagine an aligned approach to the art of coaching, a perspective that blends both coaching and business mastery, all while honoring your vision, your values, and your intuition. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm Lee McDonough, an ICF credentialed coach, former therapist, and mentor for intuitive coaches and healers. I'll be your guide as you cultivate both the skill set and the mindset needed to transform your clients' lives and your own. Are you ready to be a coach with clarity? Then let's go. Well, hello there, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm your host, Lee Shea McDonough, and today I am so excited to bring you another coaching call. So those of you who have listened to the show before know that one of my favorite types of episodes to create for you are our coaching calls, because this is my opportunity to connect with you and get inside your business and help you create change and take the next step in your coaching business. And that is exactly what I had the opportunity to do with today's guest, Rachel Duncan. Rachel has an extraordinary background in business administration and in clinical counseling. And she's really looking at how she can create a business that honors both. And in our call today, we cover a lot. We get into certainly the nuts and bolts of what that will look like for her, but also some of the mindset shifts that she is experiencing so that she can really step into this new vision that she's creating for herself. It is such a dynamic call. I am so excited to share it with you. So let's get to it. Here's my coaching call with Rachel Duncan. Well, hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Coach with Clarity podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Let's kick things off by learning a little bit more about you and the work you do in the world. Sure. My name is Rachel Duncan, and I'm based in Denver, Colorado. Currently, I'm a full-time mom. (laughs) I have two little boys, two years old and six years old. So obviously, with the circumstances of COVID, that is definitely my main thing but it's also been my main thing for the last six years. And I have a master's in clinical mental health counseling from Antioch University in Seattle. I was on the art therapy track. So I can't yet call myself an art therapist because I don't have enough hours, but I have the credential as an art therapist. And since my family and I moved back to Denver, this is my hometown, I had just finished grad school. And then we moved back here. It seemed like a good point to do that. We also moved my mom in with us. So all these sort of life things happened that pushed my career out a bit as, you know, happens a lot to women. So we moved my mom in with me. That was a major project. And then I, let's see, how did it all go? And then a dear family friend asked me to help him start a nonprofit. This was touching back into my pre-grad school days of being a business manager. So at the time it was like, oh, everything's in flux. Sure. I'll just do this for, I think it was like a six month kind of thing. And, you know, we kind of let me name my price. So it just seemed like, okay, let's do this. And then I'll get onto therapy later. So I helped him launch the nonprofit and I learned a ton. Then he started telling all of his friends (laughs) (laughs) that I help people start nonprofits. And to make a long story short, like since then I have sort of just picked up these little gigs I've also done some gig work as a therapist, mostly like running groups at nursing homes and uh, some nonprofits around town. 
I have not done like agency work, you know, except for my internship. So after my oldest child was going to kindergarten and I had the little guy, but I had childcare, it's like, okay, now it's time for me to start my nonprofit. This was February, right, of this year. (laughs) (laughs) Right before the world changed. (laughs) Right. Little did we know. And I had so much energy and kind of all this sort of pent up enthusiasm to get my nonprofit. I'm sorry. I keep saying nonprofit. My business started, my private practice. And I signed up for Allison per year's abundance practice. That's how I learned about you. I love Allison. She is wonderful. Oh, it's just such a great resource. And so I just started plowing through that. And of course, you know, March 15th, that all had to close down. So for the first few months, I put private practice on the side. And it's like, obviously that's just not time right now. We'll come back to it, you know, and just was homeschooling and doing all of that. But as the summer wore on, it just made me sadder and sadder. (laughs) I was so excited about my private practice. In the meantime, the reason I brought up this nonprofit stuff is I keep getting calls to do that. And I've actually worked on two, helping two small nonprofits launch this summer. And I love doing that as well. And I think during this time where it's such a pivot point, you know, and reflecting, I love business and I love therapy. (laughs) And when I listen to your talk on Allison's course about like the differences between coaching and therapy, I did kind of have an aha moment where I was like, oh, that's kind of the combination or like the intersection of my skills and interest. I mean, when I wanted to make a career change, it was a toss up between counseling and business school. So that's always been my leaning. Like my friends call me with like when they need bookkeeping advice, (laughs) Like I love sort of the nuts and bolts of business. So where we are now, I have a website up and I have availability to see clients online. I haven't worked very hard on it because I've been doing this nonprofit launching stuff. It's just interesting that every time I'm like, oh, I do therapy, I do therapy. But then I'm like doing all this business management stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And almost like you're getting pulled into that world the more you try to kind of enter the therapy world. Exactly. It's like, that's where my flow is. And that's where the energy seems to be as well. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, I need to step back and take stock of this because my referral sources have been that one family friend and my accountant I happened to mention. I don't even tell anybody and these people call me. And I really love doing it. I really love doing it. And I think also part of it is like, oh God, I went to grad school. I, you know, I should be a therapist because I have this degree. (laughs) So I'm at the very baby stages of even thinking about this. So that's why I was hoping you could help me. Help me. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is a fun place to be. I'm really excited. So let me ask you then, what would be an ideal outcome for you at the conclusion of our call today? I think something like uh, kind of a general direction or like, you know, I'd love to have like a reading list, (laughs) like, okay, you know, how about plug into this, sink into this a little bit. I feel like I need to do a bit of research. So kind of like a direction towards research and like maybe just a couple small action items, because I will say also I have very limited time. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And we want to honor that because with... (laughs) Being a busy mom with two littles at home, coupled with everything else that's going on, yes, this should not add to your 
workload. It should enhance it. But it does give me life. And I do have flexibility on weekends and stuff and evenings. And that's why I like this work is a lot of it can be done kind of any time. And at this season of my life, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. So it sounds like at the end of our session today, if you are able to walk away with kind of a rough action plan, that certainly includes some prep time, some research, but also some rubber meets road action steps that you can take, this will feel like a successful call for you. Yes. And I think also underlining all of this, which I know you'll give, is just the validation (laughs) (laughs) giving me permission to maybe step away from therapy. I think that is probably my biggest, um, it gets me emotional actually. I think that's one of my sticking points is saying that's okay for me to walk away from that right now. And it's understandable that this would be emotional for you because you have invested so much time and energy and money into this particular career. And so to even think about moving in a different direction really brings all of that into question. And am I making the right decision? What does it say about me that I'm moving on to something else? And having all of those emotions comes up actually makes quite a lot of sense. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And I just want to share too that you're not alone in that. It's something I experienced too when I first kind of entered into the coaching profession. In a way, I almost wondered if I was betraying the field of social work. Am I betraying this profession that got me started? What does it say about me that I'm moving on? And so I really struggled with that guilt as well. And ultimately where I've landed is that I would not be able to do any of the work I'm doing today had I not gotten my start as a social worker and had I not gotten all of that experience. And now my coaching is so informed by my background as a social worker and as an acceptance and commitment therapy oriented professional, it's seamless. And so it doesn't feel like I've abandoned a profession. It's really more about growing into something else. And I think maybe that's what I would kind of suggest to you is how can we leverage the training and experience and skills that you bring as a clinical mental health counselor into this field of nonprofit coaching and consultation because it's very relevant and there's room for that there. So before we even explore that question, let me just check in and ask you how it feels when we look at this work through that lens. I think that sounds perfect. <laughs> I, think <it's, laughs> I think it's exactly what I need to hear. I think there's a wisdom in me that's saying that same thing. And I'm just having this like internal struggle about it. So it's really validating some things I'm already feeling. I'm glad to hear that. I personally think that the small business world, the entrepreneurial world, and the nonprofit world could really benefit from more therapists being in it because we do bring such a unique perspective and we have the ability to look at relationships with a different lens and relationships are at the heart of business. So really what you're doing is supporting an entirely different profession with the skills that you bring as a counselor. So you are still showing up as a counselor. It's just maybe looking a little different than what you originally planned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I will say also, I love writing and it brings a bit of that in for me that I get to do. So it kind of integrates some other skills. And I also love like logistics and stuff like that. It's sort of my old career and it's just still there. And people seem to really value that I can do that. So that's sort of the other strength I bring into it. 
That's fantastic. I just got this very strong mental image of you weaving a tapestry and each thread represents part of your background. So you have a thread that represents the logistics. You have a thread that represents writing. You have a thread that represents your counseling background. All of these beautiful fibers that make up who you are. And now you're at the point of figuring out how they work together. What palette do they create? What do I want to weave? What do I want this end product to look like? And that's the beauty of this is that you don't have to weave with just one thread. You can integrate them all and really create a business and a vocation that reflects you and serves you. And this is so exciting to be at this stage of the game. Well, your metaphor is perfect for my art therapy training, Lee. (laughs) That's exactly it. (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. All right. So before we get into kind of creating a plan, I'd love to spend a little bit of time exploring with you what your ideal business would look like. So I know that we've talked about the nonprofit sector and consultation, and I'm just curious When all is said and done, what kind of work would you most love to be doing? Mm. It's a little hard to say because I see it evolving. I don't really have an endpoint in mind. Maybe it would be helpful to imagine three years from now. So let's say it's 2023. COVID, thankfully, is a thing of the past. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope. Yes, we are fully adjusted to whatever our new normal looks like. And over the last three years, you have been able to really build a business that you love and that supports you. You enjoy the work you do. It's fulfilling. You love your clients. So everything that you've wanted to create for yourself over the last three years, you've been able to do that and more. So what does that look like? It's a nice timeline because my youngest would maybe be starting kindergarten then. So that's kind of a, you know, I'd have two school-age children, which I feel like is a major shift. Yes. (laughs) Just time-wise and their development and stuff. So yeah, gosh, I could picture having a small company, maybe having two or three employees that I'm just totally improving here because I haven't even thought about this, where we would be like a coaching service for people wanting to start up anything. It could be nonprofit or business be very feminist based. I feel like a lot of what I end up doing is trying to dismantle the patriarchy, which we can talk about later, but I, I would love to talk about that later. <laughs> Let's talk about that later. Let's get a coffee. Woo-hoo. I find that people are really intimidated. And I think that's the patriarchy intimidating women, particularly to start business. So I could see like a small, I don't know, kind of firm, a consulting firm, you know, doing coaching, connecting new businesses with resources, guiding them through startup phase, connecting them with admin assistance. I don't know. I could kind of see like a guide point for entrepreneurs or new businesses. Yes. Yes. The word that keeps coming up for me as you're talking is like, you're this incubator. You take these baby companies with these initial ideas and you help them start their life in a really strong, supported way. And what I'm hearing is that you bring in such a strong, diverse background 
in terms of your skills that you can meet them where they're at from the business side, but also from the emotional side as well. So your background in business administration coupled with your experience as a counselor and as an art therapist too, you can really connect with them on many levels. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think people who kind of want that personal connection and even like these these recent projects I've done over the summer, I've been very honest. Hey, look, you know, I'm a full-time mom, blah, blah, blah. And these recent clients are like, I love that. I love that I know where you're at. I love that you're honest about what you can and can't do. And like the more I bring an honesty where I'm coming from, the more it just feels very personal and not an intimidating business thing. Yes. If I had a highlighter, I would be circling what you just said, because I think it's so important to realize that when you lean into who you are, the things that make you you, whether it's your strengths, your values, what's going on in your life, whatever that is, that's what sets you apart. And that's what's connecting you to your people. So we never have to apologize for being a mom or being a feminist or wanting to dismantle the patriarchy. In fact, the more we lean into that, the more we are going to naturally gravitate towards the people who view that as being important and who want to support that as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I also, I will say, Lee, that, you know, I also see that this could just be a season for me right now. And I don't know, maybe that's me like not wanting to overcommit. I am a bit of a dabbler. So I want to just be honest about that. Like I kind of get into one thing really heavily and then I pull out and into another thing really heavily and pull out. So I don't know. I just wanted to say that. No, I appreciate <laughs> I that. I know myself. And actually, I think that goes back to maybe what you said at the beginning when I asked you kind of what your ideal business looked like. That was difficult because you saw it evolving and changing over time. And I think that is so important to know about yourself so that as we build this business, there's room for growth and flexibility and change and evolution because that's what's going to keep you interested and invested. So knowing that you're someone who likes to kind of change things up and try new things and dabble, let's ensure that your business is structured in such a way where that can be a part of it. So it supports that desire to try new things and go on new adventures. And it doesn't feel like something that limits you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm really interested. I want to go back to one thing you said at the very beginning about what you would want part of the outcome to be, which is knowing what to research. I'm just curious about that. So what are the things that you feel like you don't know that you need to know or that you need to find out? I would like to just pick up a book on coaching. You know, this whole coaching idea is kind of new to me. I have gone to a coach actually when I was at this point of wanting to go to grad school, but it wasn't sure which way I did see a coach for that. So I'd like to just kind of at its surface, do a bit of reading about that. I think it's going to speak to me because my favorite elements of grad school were career counseling and brief therapies. It was all the stuff that had more of that coaching edge was the stuff I really loved. So I think I'm kind of already there a bit. (laughs) Yes. And what I might reflect back is, and I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always reading books in the field of coaching and so forth. So I love that. And what I'm finding is that I'm at the stage now where they are validating what I already know. And I suspect that you may find that too. And that is okay. And so it may be about learning a different way of 
phrasing something or a different way of viewing the coaching process and less about, I don't know what I'm doing and therefore I need to research. And I think when we enter it with that energy of, I just want to see how this person approaches a topic I'm already familiar with, then we really honor the wisdom and expertise that we're already bringing into the situation. So we're not coming from a scarcity approach, like I need more because I'm not enough the way I am, but this is more about enhancing what I'm already doing. Yes. That speaks to me. Okay. That totally speaks to me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. That part of me is like, oh yeah, that's totally it. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. So with that in mind, then there are so many wonderful books out there on coaching And some of my favorites include, there's a book called Becoming a Life Coach for Therapists. It's like a workbook. I believe the author's name is David Skibbins. It's a wonderful resource. I highly recommend it. It's one of the first ones I read when I first started my coaching journey. And I recommend it to just about any mental health professional, but also I think just anyone who's interested in coaching, that's a great resource as well. I also always recommend the work of Lynn Grodsky. Lynn is an LCSW and a master certified coach, so she understands both worlds. She's got books specifically on coaching. One is called The Business and Practice of Coaching. I love that book. It's a little old. I wish she would come out with an updated version because there's some elements in there that I think could be revised, but yet the bones of it are really solid. For my mental health friends who maybe aren't interested in transitioning into coaching, but want to incorporate coaching approaches in their therapeutic work, Lynn's most recent book, Therapy with a Coaching Edge, is a fantastic resource as well. And then at the risk of being overly self-promotional, I'm a big fan of my book too, which is called- you are. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Act on Your Business. But it really is about taking principles of acceptance and commitment therapy and applying them in an entrepreneurial space. And it really does take more of a coaching approach to that kind of work than therapeutic. So I'll just add that one to the list as well. I appreciate <laughs> that. I'm a big fan of your work. So I would oh, I would love to check that out. So I'd just like to throw another thread into this tapestry. I've had several people tell me independently that I would make a great financial therapist. Yes, let's talk about that. So, and I know it's kind of a newer field and I've sort of poked around the website and that's about it, (laughs) but it rings with me and I think it integrates with this business stuff. I love talking about money. Excellent. Excellent. A friend of mine just told me she started budgeting and I almost cried with happiness. I don't know why it just, whether it's just personal finance or in your business or increasing profitability, I actually get really emotional about it. And so I've been thinking about like, well, maybe in this downtime, kind of chucking away at that, you know, either credential or just reading up on that, Uh, because obviously that would integrate coaching a lot too. That's kind of a direction. Yes. I'd love to hear more about why it brings up so much emotion for you. Why does this feel so passionate? I think that how we handle our money actually reflects our mental state. And I think it's reciprocal, like our money reflects our mental state. And then we can also influence our mental state by how we handle our money because it actually has to do with value. It's all about value. And I think again, back to my feminist stuff, as women we're often taught that our money isn't really ours and that our money is meant to be spent. And I see a lot of really destructive messaging that people get about money and not just women. I don't mean to say just women. I would love to work with men also. I feel like when I'm in control of my finances, my whole life is better. (laughs) 
So like if I'm looking at how can I help people improve their lives, I actually think the financial stuff, it's like, it's nuts and bolts, but it's also very emotional. And I love that combination. It's like the lessons that we learned from our family about money, you know, class issues, social pressure, all of that stuff, generational concepts of money. I just find it really interesting. And, you know, I've done a lot of my own work around money and my husband and I love it. Like, He's like, let's just talk about money. Like, we just, <laughs> I love this. Well, and I think this is another example of how comfortable you are in these spaces of overlap. The logistics of money coupled with the emotionality of money, that overlap is your sweet spot. Yes. And I think that's something that really makes you unique because some people are very good with the numbers and the data and the planning and they've got that side. But as soon as we start getting into discomfort or shame around money, that's when they shut down. Other people are very comfortable exploring some of the unwanted emotions around money. But when it comes to, okay, what do I actually do now? That's where they get stuck. You, my friend, are right in the middle. Like you can do both and you can do both very well. And so whether you're doing that on a personal level, helping people with their personal finances, whether you're working with small business owners and entrepreneurs from a business perspective, whether you're working with nonprofits, I mean... I think this is the thread that weaves it all together is that you are very comfortable standing at the intersection of the emotions and the logistics of money, and you can support people through that. Yes. I need to write that down. That's my tagline. Yes, that's my tagline. And maybe I don't need to actually have like the financial therapy credential, but I do think it's a really interesting field. That's kind of where I'm toying with. I've heard you say in other podcasts that like, being a student and going through a program is really important to you. And I'm kind of like that too. I want to be like in a program. <laughs> yes. And I think for you now, it's a question of, okay, well, do I need a official certification program or do I want to create my own self-study program? And again, it may not be either, or it may be more of a timeline thing. So right now you're doing your own work. You're listening to podcasts and you're reading books or maybe you're exploring some coaching certifications or some financial therapy certifications. There's options out there. And so talking about research, that's probably your next step is to kind of look at the general coaching pieces, look at some of the coaching financial therapy pieces, and then see where the energy pulls you. Because as we noticed very early on, the things that feel good to you are coming organically. You know, word of mouth referrals and doing this kind of work. And there's a sense of ease and flow there. And I think if we can look for that ease and flow as you're researching and as you're creating your next steps, then that's going to guide you in a way that's going to feel really aligned and really powerful. Yes, it always is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would say to myself if I were my own coach. <laughs> You know, and I think too, this is also where exploring the difference between something being easy and something being filled with ease is different. Because when you are working towards a goal, when you're building a business, whatever that is, there's going to be hard work involved. There's going to be time and energy that you dedicate to it. So it may not feel easy, 
But if that underlying work is filled with a sense of flow and ease and fulfillment and satisfaction, that's what we're really looking for. So it's not about it necessarily being easy, but it is about the work promoting a sense of ease and almost inevitability, like this was just meant to happen. (laughs) And that's really what I'm sensing from you around this work that seems to blend coaching with consultation with maybe a little bit of done-for-you services kind of all wrapped up in one. And as your business grows and as you bring people on, you know, three, five years from now, you're going to have an even better idea of what you want your role to be within your business. Are you the CEO who's overseeing everything? Are you a frontline worker who's connecting with your clients? There's no right or wrong way to do this. And that's the piece that's going to evolve over time and that I think is going to hold your interest because you can explore different roles that you're taking within your own business. Totally. Let me check back in with you. How's everything sitting with you? And what are your key takeaways from our conversation so far? Gosh, it feels really right. I mean, you're definitely reflecting back to me, those quiet voices. I'd like to put together a self-study program. And I'm thinking about, you know, how I can work in some accountability around that. I do really well with a deadline. (laughs) And all of this, yeah, it just feels like this is totally where I am. And I'm thinking back to even like as a kid, I was always running businesses out of the house. I started a restaurant. I charged my parents to serve them their own food. It was pretty funny, <laughs> but I loved it. Like I made up a little receipt, you know, and I loved making my own little receipts because it wasn't really about the restaurant. It was about, it was a business. Yes. Sometimes you look back and you see this golden thread that has gone through everything, but then, you know, going through grad school, oh, well, you come out a counselor, you know, and that's kind of it. And I always had this itch that that wasn't quite it for me. So this really validates, I think, you know, some of my deep strengths and that this is like a great time for me to really get into that and start putting it forward. Because every time I put a little bit of this forward, like mentioning it to one person, I get back like 10 times as opposed to my therapy website, which I've had up for eight months and I've had like two serious inquiries. It's like, okay, there's something going on here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The energy is definitely directing you towards where it wants you to go. And the image that you mentioned of that golden thread that, you know, you can identify as early as childhood being the entrepreneur in your own family, that golden thread is part of this tapestry, right? That's going to be the highlight thread. And the fact that the therapy piece didn't necessarily hold that same energy doesn't mean it's not important or that it's not valuable, but maybe that's going to be the secondary thread as opposed to the primary one in your tapestry. And so now it's about how do we weave that in? How do we leverage that thread, those skills in order to enhance the overall picture? So we're not getting rid of it or moving away from it. It becomes the shadow to really highlight the main feature. I love a metaphor. So (laughs) good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Let's kind of bring this to a close by talking about this plan and your next steps. Okay. What is this plan shaping up to be and how do you want to take action on it? My first thought, I want to take down my therapy site. That feels huge to me. It's obviously like the click of a button. I think I need to take it down because it's causing this internal struggle for me. So that's obviously it would take like three seconds. (laughs) But that's a big one for me. It is a big one. It is a big one. How do you feel about doing that? A little sad, but relieved. Like actually truly relieved. I'm getting yeah. emotional. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
So that feels like just a shift in direction that would be important for me. And maybe if I might make a suggestion, as you're taking it down, even though it's a quick three-second process, it's a deeper, more meaningful process too. And so maybe we bring a sense of gratitude to it. We literally thank the website for providing you with the knowledge and the insight that has brought you to this moment today because it served its purpose. It has served you really powerfully and now you can release it. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah. I may even make some art around it. Mm, I love that. Because <laughs> yeah. actually I did put some of my artwork on it, which obviously still exists, you know, and yeah, I think a little ceremony around that would be really powerful. Excellent. Well, that feels like a super powerful first step, creating a ritual to release and take down the therapy website. And then in a way, that's another step of giving yourself permission to step into this new exploration of what this kind of business and financial coaching, consulting, hybrid business wants to be. Yeah. I think it opens up a lot of space actually. And I think the next step is maybe getting two books, like one on the just pure coaching side and one on the financial therapy side and start pawing through them. Maybe I'll ask my husband to help me with some accountability, you know, get a little bit of a study, (laughs) like you said, like a self-study schedule together and just start picking away at that. I love that. I love that. If you are not already familiar with the work of Bari Tesler, she is a social worker and financial therapist. She wrote a book called The Art of Money. And that might be something just to kind of keep in mind. It's more, I think, targeted towards individuals who want to shift their money mindset, not so much people who want to become financial therapists. But I think her path might be one for you to explore as well. You know, I did used to follow her. I think she's even based in Colorado, actually. I think she is. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'll check that out. Yeah, I think plugging away at this and, you know, the other thing that just popped into my head was my recent clients I've helped kind of circling back with them and seeing how they're doing and, you know, even asking if, I don't know, kind of if they want to guinea pig with me a little bit. I don't know, maybe after I read a little bit, but it, you know, say, Hey guys, you know, I'm looking at sort of shifting my services into a more coach-based thing. Would you be interested in that kind of relationship with me going forward? Cause I already have the relationship with them. I love that. I think when you're at the point where you have a very general framework of what you would want to offer, and maybe that looks like, you know, a three month coaching relationship. And then when you share it with excitement With people, especially people you've already worked with and you've already served, they're going to feel excited too. And they're going to want to be a part of that. Right. I love that idea. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right. So it sounds like we have a pretty strong plan emerging. I think so. Yeah. Part one is around the therapy website. Part two is about the research and accountability component. And then part three is about creating and sharing an offer with people who are already in your network. Yes. Wow. Look at what we've accomplished in 35 minutes. (laughs) Amazing. I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but clearly I actually did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And your intuition knew too. And I think that's the other thing is you were really willing to let that inner voice have a seat at the table. And we're never on the wrong path when we're honoring our intuition. That's for sure. Boy, is that true. 
Rachel, I'm so grateful to have spent this time with you today. And I am curious if there's someone out there who's listening who wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, that's funny since I just said I'm going to. Right. I was just thinking, not at the website. (laughs) Well, okay. I'm pretty sure it's going to be rachelduncan.online my new home. So that's what I'll say. Currently it's rachelduncantherapy.com, but it's, I think it's going to be rachelduncan.online. So that would probably be where they can find me. I'm on Instagram at rachelduncantherapy. Probably if you just Google Rachel Duncan, you'll find me. Excellent. We'll make sure to have links in the show notes as well. And Rachel, I just want to thank you again for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. That was really meaningful. I'm so glad. Oh my goodness, I so enjoyed that call. The energy that I felt during the entire time I was talking to Rachel was practically palpable, and I cannot wait to see what she creates next. So Rachel, thank you again for coming on the show, and keep us posted as to what you create. Rachel mentioned that part of her plan is to have an accountability partner to help her stay on track and to continue taking the next steps in her business. I think that is such a smart idea. And that's one of the reasons why I've included an accountability component in the Coach with Clarity membership. So when you join the membership, you not only get access to weekly live calls and a toolkit of templates and guides and resources to help you build your business, but you also get to tap into an extraordinary community of coaches who are also coming together to learn and grow as coaches and business owners. And within the membership, I've created the Partner Match Program, where I can match you up with another Coach with Clarity member for support and accountability. It's a really unique and innovative process, and the feedback that I've gotten from my members has been so positive. It's allowed them opportunities to practice coaching, to have that accountability, and to really deepen relationships with other coaches. So if you are looking for that accountability partner, if you're looking for a strong, supportive community of coaches, I would encourage you to head over to the Coach with Clarity membership and explore joining because we would love to have you as a Coach with Clarity. Just head to coachwithclarity.com slash membership to learn more and join. I cannot wait to welcome you inside the membership. As always, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. It's my honor and privilege to produce the show for you, and I hope you'll join me next week for another brand new episode. I'll be in your feed, so if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to do that. That way you'll never miss an episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. You can also come find me over on Instagram at Coach with Clarity. I'd love to connect with you, and I'd love to hear what you think of the show. Until then, I hope you have a fantastic week. And again, my name is Lee Shea McDonough, reminding you to get out there and show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity. Thanks for listening to the Coach with Clarity podcast. Be sure to visit coachwithclarity.com for detailed show notes and bonus material just for podcast listeners. Did you enjoy today's podcast? 
If so, then I invite you to check out the Coach with Clarity membership program, exclusively for intuitive coaches ready to master both the business and the craft of coaching. You'll discover monthly hot seat coaching calls, Q&A sessions, and guest expert trainings, as well as the most supportive and innovative community of coaches out there. If you're ready to take your coaching to the next level, then you're ready for the Coach with Clarity membership. Learn more at coachwithclarity.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you know a coach who could use a little clarity in their work and life, then please share this episode with them. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Coach with Clarity podcast. Until then, go show the world what it means to be a coach with clarity.